Second part of session 87. Here we're going to finish talking about the growth of negative polarity. Let's begin. We're going to also talk about prevail conditions when it comes to sexual energy transfer, because this is something that Don and Ra were talking about prior to the session. And so this is going to also bring another topic, which is going to be the final one in the session, but we'll probably cover it fully in the third part uh, of this, this three part in session 87. Um, and now, so far, in the last episode, we were talking about the negative polarity and how it acquires uh, its, its, its power and its polarization, so we're going to continue with that. Uh, there's not much to say as a way of introduction, but just to mention that that's the topic we were covering before, um, the dynamics of or mechanics of negative polarization, so that's going to continue here. So if you haven't watched the first part of session 87, what are you waiting for? Go watch it, come back. If not, if you have, then let's go straight into this. This is question 10, where we left off, and Don is asking, it seems though that in the case of many UFO contacts that have occurred on this planet, that there must be some knowledge and use of first distortion in that the fourth density entities have carefully remained aloof and anonymous, you might say, for the most part, so that no proof in a concrete way of their existence is too obvious. How are they oriented in with respect to this type of contact? So before I get into this um, answer, even from last session, uh, from last episode, I, I should say, there was um, an interest in Don into understanding how the negative polarity uses free will or respects free will, the law of free will. So I, I mentioned in the last episode that this wasn't a question that was answered properly by Rob because they didn't quite understand it or answer something different. So that's why Don is going to continue asking about this first distortion that he mentions here, but the first distortion is free will. So just keep that in mind. And here um, he's talking about, um, you know, this, this approach that the negative entity has that uh, he's mentioning UFO contacts, which uh, it's, it's, uh, it's one way to talk about negative contact, but that's, uh, that's not entirely everything. I mean, uh, negative contact is mainly just like positive contact through telepathic means or simply uh, as ways of informing the mind. You see the temptations or the inspirations come as your own thoughts. You think they are your own thoughts, but they're just influences. So uh, negative contact as UFOs, I have explained in the, path, uh, in the past how I believe this is it and how Ra explains it, which is, again, it's, um, it's like a dream. A dream happens. Does it really happen or does it happen in your mind? Uh, dreams are obvious. That, that answer is obvious. But with UFO contact, not so much because it seems to be in the waking state that we see them. Uh, but it seems to be that they are of the mind, um, at least the ones that are from other dimensions. That makes a lot of sense because if not, we would be talking about third density phenomenon. So if we're talking about third density phenomenon, then they're not truly fourth density or fifth density or even sixth density contact. That would be something from uh, purely telepathic. I have covered that extensively, so I won't go into details here, but just to keep that in mind. Um, and so the fourth density entities have carefully remained aloof and anonymous. Of course, <laughs> they, they don't present themselves. Ra has explained that for them to manifest physically, it would require a tremendous amount of energy uh, and uh, willpower 
to do this and it's not efficient. Why would they want to do that when they can influence directly through the mind? That's the nature of higher densities, you see. Um, and so there's no proof in concrete weight of their existence uh, is too obvious. Okay, so how are they oriented with respect to this contact? And again, I think Ra doesn't uh, fully get the, the question here, even though they say, we misperceive your query thinking it was directed towards this particular type of contact. The nature of the four densities observance of the free will distortion while pursuing the seeding of the third density thought patterns is material that has already been covered. That which can be offered of the negatively oriented information is offered. It is altered to the extent that the entity receiving such negative information is of positive orientation. Thus, many such contexts are of a mixed nature. Uh, so, Don is going to continue asking here because he doesn't get the answer that he wants, but let's cover what Ross said as a way of refresher, I suppose. Um, so, we have talked about this previously, um, as Ra says in many sessions, there are some notations here if you're interested in the raw contact, uh, which thankfully they listed. And this is from session 11, 12, 16, 26, 62, 67, and 68. This is where this type of conversation of how contact is, is done uh, is covered and I won't go into all of these those details of course but just wanted to mention it to you um, you can go into session 87 in law of oneinfo and see all the references you can actually see in, in LML research as well uh, but I mainly use law of oneinfo in any case um, so we have the the way in which they establish contact negative entities. And that is through the offering of temptations, the alluring into the service to self path. So in practice, this is, this is seen as aggrandizing the ego. Because if we go down to basics, humans have naturally two tendencies. One is to increase their ego. Two is to want to dissolve their ego which is a very crude way to say um, we either want to increase the feeling and the perception of separation or we want to dissolve into this natural feeling of unity of caring and loving and being compassionate with each other and so these are two moral paths shall we say that are present in third density and of course on earth the human experience so other dimensions are trying to enhance these two paths positive and negative and so in the negative what they're doing is um, Ra says uh, that which can be offered of the negatively oriented information is offered whatever it is available for temptations into aggrandizing the ego or increase both are the same thing increase the perception of separation and thus all the attitudes and behaviors that are associated with preserving myself and manipulating others and using and creating power structures and so on which we are um, I'm going to say blessed that we have these uh, choices very blatant in our society we can see them as the structures of power uh, as well as the structures of being uh, generous and being compassionate and helping each other and so forth. So these two paths are already quite obvious in our uh, societal structure. It's not something that we're, we're talking about something obscure that is not out there. It's very obvious. And then um, Roth finishes with something that is... It's, something really important to, to keep in mind. They say it is altered to the extent that the information is uh, that the entity receiving such negative information is of positive orientation. So the, 
they like to offer this to positive um, entities because this is something that um, reduces their polarity and uh, I mean reduces their polarity as um, what should I call it as positive polarity right and so we have that that to be added to to the negative one so the positive this is the the, the nature as they say of uh, mixed contacts in which you you see a lot of great channelings um, with positive information and so forth but what you see uh, from here and there is a is a little uh, tainted part of of the message for fear or to increase the ego or to want to um, give you this the sense of one teaching one way to do things there's always a little hint in the positive message um, of certain contacts and so that's something to keep in mind the the negative needs to be present at some point and that is a good thing because we can discern it's not something to be to be afraid of but something that it's teaching us and it's a uh, it's showing us you know what what's not the the right path this needs to be this way okay I won't go into more details there. Let's move to the next question. So Don says and acknowledges that um, he wants to know more about this. He says, I'm sorry for getting confused on the question here and not asking it correctly. There is a philosophical point of central importance to me that I'm trying to clear up here. It has to do with the fact that fourth density negative seems to be aware of the first distortion and they are in a non-veil condition and they seem to use this knowledge of the first distortion to maintain the situation that they maintain in their contacts with this planet. I'm trying to extract their ability to understand the mechanisms of the first distortion and the consequences of the veiling process and still remain in a mental configuration of separation on the negative path. I hope that I have made myself clear there. I have had a hard time asking this question. So again, Don wants to know more about how they use the first distortion, their awareness of it, and how they use it. Because they are in a non-veil condition. What does Ross say? They say, the answer may still not satisfy the questionnaire. We ask that you pursue it until you are satisfied. The four-density negative entity has made the choice available to each and third-density harvest. It is aware of the full array of possible methods of viewing the universe of the one creator, and it is convinced that the ignoring and non-use of the green ray energy center will be the method most efficient in providing harvestability of fourth density. Let's finish this. They say, it's operations among those of third density which have not yet made this choice are designed to offer to each the opportunity to consider the self-serving polarity and its possible attractiveness. So, so here's the answer, and I'll just collect everything into one uh, simple uh, summary. As Ra indicated here, the negative entity has made the choice in third density. In other words, all negative entities have first gone through third density and have said, okay, I realize that the best way to increase my spiritual power is through the way of separation. And so it has explored all of this in third density and has polarized itself into that juicy harvestable uh, percentage of polarity to fourth density now how do they do this by blocking the hearts and seeing it as futile as um, simply foolish and so the way is to empower the self and this empowerment is self as separate from each other self and other self okay so, the, what do they say? Ignoring and non-use 
of the green ray energy. So they, they are aware of love. They are aware of this compassionate approach to reality. They're fully aware of this. They're not blind, but they see it as foolish. They see it as um, not useful because they have tasted and explored and empowered that self-serving path of uh, individuality, of separation. Okay, so with that in mind, they have used their free will to willingly choice, uh, choose the, uh, the negative polarity. Fine. Now, what do they do when they find themselves in four density? Because this is the nature of negativity, they want to manipulate others. They have done it in the past and they will continue to do it. And so they will find those who are of a lower rank, so to speak. Those of our lower rank naturally have to be third density. And so they order third density into doing this. Now, here's where the free will part comes into play because they also need to respect the free will of other beings. They can't just force them. There's no possibility for that. But what they do is that they manipulate the free will of others and they create temptations and offerings to uh, convince them of their path. In essence, the one path that they believe in. They believe strongly that this is the one path. You see, here's, here's an interesting point also, because you see that when people become rigid in their spiritual practices and their uh, teachings or uh, their materials or whatever it is, when you become rigid, you are um, reducing your polarity as a positive being. You're not, I wouldn't say you're polarizing negatively uh, precisely, but the possibility is there because now you can create these teachings as a sort of, this is the way, you know, and we will only talk about this and everything else is, is, um, it's not accurate. It's not true. Okay. So we may be using positive teachings, but with a negative connotations, because we're saying, uh, this is the way in which you can, uh, find God or, uh, become spiritually superior and whatnot. So we can see this in every single expression of the human. This can be called spiritual ego. You know, we create this idea that all oh, this is, you know, the, the final thought, the final word, I know God, I know this and so on. Very interesting, I think. And so in the negative sense, the four density negatives, they're basically preaching their religion of separation in in the way of temptations of aggrandizing the ego why is this because you can only you can only follow the negative path if you have an ego right if you um, if you nourish it if by some means you maintain it and so the positive path is also known as the obliteration of this ego of this sense of separation um, that's the dynamic. It's a beautiful dynamic that you can already see. So to summarize it again, uh, negative entities are aware of their religion. Let's call it that. And they have made that choice. They know that it has worked for them. And so they believe that others must follow it. And at the same time, it empowers them. And so they manipulate free will of others. Uh, there is a pecking order in four density that we'll talk about because there is not only uh, the manipulation of third density, but there's also polarity and power to be gained within the structure of social memory complexes in four density. So we'll talk about that too. But in any case, as Ron says, um, it's operations, four density negative operations, among those of third density as humans, which have not yet made the choice, are designed to offer to each those who have not made the choice yet, to each the opportunity to consider the self-serving polarity and its possible attractiveness, period. Their religion, they're trying to preach their religion of separation, and that is to the aggrandizing of the ego. Very simple. Let's move on. Question 12, Don says, it seems to me that this is a service to others action in offering the possibility of the self-serving path. What is the relative effect of polarization of this? I don't understand that point. So here, uh, let me say something quick. I'm not sure if Ra, maybe when I read it, I'll find something. So, uh, but 
To me, Don is asking, wait a minute, if they are serving others by giving, right, preaching their religion, they're serving others. Shouldn't this polarize them positively? Why is it polarizing them negatively? You see, because he's saying, it seems to me that this is a service to others, action, positive, in offering the possibility of self-serving path. See, you're, you're helping others. See, what is the relative effect of polarization of this? What, what's happening here in, in terms of polarity? Positive, negative, how are they polarizing negatively by serving others? And so Ra explains, and let's see. They say, in your armbands, a large group marauds and pillages successfully. The success of the privates is claimed by the corporals. The success of the corporals by sergeants, then lieutenants, captains, majors, and finally the commanding general. Each successful temptation each successful harvestable entity is a strengthener of the power and polarity of the fourth density social memory complex, which has had this success. So, I think there is there is a hint of the answer here, um, because okay, the way I see it, let me say it, let me say it the way I see it. A negative entity is not polarizing positively here, but it's gaining power and polarity by being able to manipulate others. You see, by adding them to their religion. So for example, if I start a religion and it's only me, then I have no power. <laughs> but if I start gaining followers and you know I start telling them you find your own path, everything is fine, you know, everything is well, don't worry. Then I lose them and I lose power. Well, I don't want to do that. I want to continue to gain power. So I'm going to tell them, follow this, you know, this is your only way for salvation. And this is the only way that you're going to find uh, Christ or God or the creator, whatever. Whatever it is that is the, the candy that is being offered. And so I want more people. And so I want people who preach this as well. And I start creating a bigger structure and so on. And so that's exactly what happens. And of course, every time I convince somebody and now they're working for me, it creates this structure. So that's how I see it. I believe that there is a, um, a gain in polarity the more I create um, structure and I am on top of that structure. So that's how I see it. It's not positive because I'm not helping them. I'm helping myself <laughs> uh, at the expense of them. You see, because I'm still superior. I'm not the same as them. I need to be always on top. I need to be that leader, you know, that uh, guru, that teacher, that master, whatever it is that gives me a title of being on, on top of the structure. And so that is the negative polarity I, i'm i'm worried about about myself i don't care about the others they are just tools for me and so it's the same thing of course with military uh groups or bands um as ra describes them um you know everybody claims success at the higher level so each successful temptation each successful harvestable entity strengthens the power and polarity of the fourth density social memory complex which has had this success so yeah it it serves the structure to convert more people that's how it is uh, you see the biggest um the bigger the religion or the bigger the following of that religion then the more power it has ask the vatican they'll tell you <laughs> um not pointing fingers but i am Okay, so let's move on. Question 13, Don says, if one mind-body-spirit complex is harvested from third density into a fourth density social memory complex, does the total power of the social memory complex before the absorption of this single entity double when this entity is absorbed? That seems an absurd amount of power. Uh, Ra says no. Then Don says, the law of doubling does not work in this way. How much does the power of the social memory complex increase relatively when this single entity is harvested and absorbed into it? 
So one harvestable negative entity into the social, social memory complex. Ross says, if one entity in the social memory complex is responsible for this addition to its being, that mind-body-spirit complex will absorb in linear fashion the power contained in the, shall we say, recruit. If a subgroup is responsible, the power is then this group, subgroup's power. Only very rarely is the social memory complex of negative polarity capable of acting totally as one being. The loss of polarity due to this difficulty, to which we have previously referred as a kind of spiritual entropy, is quite large. So, very well. Um, how does this affect getting somebody harvested? Um, it really affects, and this is the nature, I'm going reverse here, the nature of the social memory complex, negative one, is that it loses a lot of polarity due to what they call spiritual entropy, right? Um, Ra calls it spiritual entropy. I kind of like it. So, this is the nature of this constant um, struggle for power, the power struggle, right, within the structure because everybody's looking for their own. It's, they're not looking for the one social memory complex. They don't care about it. They only care, their main motive is themselves. So if they can attribute this to one entity, so themselves, only I did it, or a group of entities did it, then they will attribute that power to them. You know, it's aggrandizing the personal or the collective ego. That's how it works. We can see this in our nations as so many things, you know, Somebody can claim, I did it, you know, and so I am the one who should take all the credit and so on. Uh, whereas, you know, you see um, contributors to society in the science uh, sector, in uh, biology and medicine and everything else that they don't, they don't care about the credit or the awards. And I mean, some people may, but generally we just see a detachment from it. And they just say, you know, this, this is for the greater of humanity. It's not... Forget about me. So that's the kind of positive attitude, right? Um, and so, yeah, because of this, because of this need to preserve, you know, or or have this um, respect, you see, in, in fourth density, this is maintained, of course. You have to have this power so that others can say, you know, I bow to you, I yield to your power. And so they feel even greater and greater. So what we see, in a way, what we see in the densities of consciousness, this is going to make it so easy for you to understand negativity, is the same attitude that we see in humanity with being a sort of leader uh, and becoming you know, the, the ruler of the world. So it just goes greater and greater. You want to become the ruler of the, the planets and then a group of planets and star systems and galaxies. And I mean, your delusion will grow onto the whole universe. You want to become the master of the universe. And then eventually you're going to know that to become the master of the universe, you have to become all that there is. And so you have to uh, merge yourself with everybody else. You have to be everybody else. And so that's the loss of polarity and sixth density and the union with everything. So everything leads to the one uh, regardless, right? So there is no problem. There is only gameplay. In any case, uh, that's how you can see the negative structure. And so every single nuance that you know in corporations and uh, religions and all, all of these power structures, and they apply to the social memory complexes and then fifth density negative doesn't need social memory complexes. Uh, but I won't get into the, those details. It's only in fourth density that is needed. So they have to deal with it first <laughs> before they individualize themselves again. But all right, let's move on. Question 15, Don says, then assuming that a single negatively polarized entity is responsible for the recruiting of a harvested third density entity and adds this polarity to his negative polarity in power, what type of ability or what type of benefit is this? And how is it used by the entity? Ra gives a very simple explanation and says, the so-called pecking order is immediately challenged and the entity with increased power exercises that power to control 
more other selves and to advance within the social memory complex structure. Uh, there's a follow-up question to this, uh, but just to, to discuss briefly. Uh, there is a pecking order in the social memory complex. It seems that those at the top are the ones that are polarizing higher and higher, as opposed to the social memory complex, the positive one, they're all growing as one, right? Uh, this is the way of unity, of course, and so everybody is working as one. Um, so even though there are two social memory complexes and they're made by many, who contributed or contribute to the social memory complex, the way that it contributes is different. You see, I take no credit for my actions and what we do because this is a collective effort. It's not just me, I don't exist alone. I owe my existence thanks to the interrelatedness of everything. That's the positive attitude. In the negative one, of course, is everything is due to me, of course, and it's because of my power. So if I can prove this, then the others are going to respect me and I'm going to increase in power and polarity. So um, when when this this is added, this power is added to it, then the pecking order is immediately challenged. Meaning that, well, if I just recruited five people and you have been recruiting two, guess what? I feel more powerful than you. And so you need to admit that my method is better. And so uh, you you bow to me you have to respect my own power. You see, that this is, this is corporation. This is the structure of our, um, of our society in terms of uh, power structures, right? If you want to advance, you need to prove that you're better than the other. And normally this is done through deceit and um, mischief at the, you know, at the lowest level of trying to dethrone the other one. So I don't need to give many examples here. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, the more I prove myself to be worthy, then the faster you're, you're going to get dethroned. So that's just the way uh, the ego works. So the follow-up question is question 16. Don says, how is this power measured? How is it obvious that this entity has gained this additional power? Ra explains. In some cases, there is a kind of battle. This is a battle of wills, and the weapons consist of the light that can be formed by each contender. In most cases, where the shift of power has been obvious, it simply is acknowledged, and those seen benefit from associating with this newly more powerful entity aid in its rising within the structure. Uh, so, there are some cases and most cases, okay? In most cases, entities simply acknowledge, okay, well, it's obvious, you know, you, you have this amount of followers, so uh, you must be powerful. This is a little bit of the blindness that I see, especially in our, let, let's bring it to the human level. Uh, we see sometimes that if somebody has sold a lot of books, then clearly this person must be uh, known what, uh, what he's talking about and must be respected. Popularity seems to be a very good measure for people to follow, right? And respect and say, this is the real thing, right? Whereas people uh, who rarely uh, have or simply have no popularity at all, uh, they don't even talk, then they're considered uh, just whoever. Um, the guy, your neighbor might be one of them, has a lot of wisdom and you just don't see it because they're, uh, he's not popular. I'm not saying you, but it's the general sense, you know, that we respect popularity, we respect numbers, you know, and so on. So that's a, that's a tendency and it is as it has to be, right? So in most cases, this is just obvious and it is acknowledged. Um, in some cases, then there is a kind of battle in which, yeah, I'm going to show you that I'm, I'm better. I need to prove it to you, right? So um, it seems that this battle is made of light. I associate light with uh, 
willpower or simply the strength in power that they have to um, to convey their message or what they're trying to to prove so I think politicians are good at this <laughs> and so that's the kind of battle that I see it's of uh, seeing how much I can I can convince others that what I do is the right thing you know and you're you're lesser than I am so you don't you don't deserve to be in the throne <laughs> uh, and people you know applaud and follow and cheer and say yes you know because he's the one that's going of course here is not as they're not being deceived they know what they're following and they you know the, the, <laughs> we can say that fourth density is a lot more honest than humans in negative social memory complexes uh, that's how it is okay let's go to the next question so Don says question 17 thank you uh, we're changing gears here um, Thank you. We noticed the possibility of a confusion between the term mind-body-spirit and mind-body-spirit complex in the last session, where there are where there are a couple of misuses of those terms, shifting one for the other. Uh, we talked about this, and I'll mention it again. Ross says, there was an error in transmission. The use of the term mind-body-spirit should refer to those entities dwelling in third density prior to the veiling process. The term mind-body-spirit complex referring to those entities dwelling in third density after the veiling process. We also discover a failure on our part to supply the term complex when speaking of body after the veiling. Please correct these errors. There's more to say here, uh, but this is something, I don't remember which question number it was. Uh, there was a couple of them, but they said mind-body-spirit uh, instead of mind-body-spirit complex, they switched the terms, I think, a couple of times. So uh, I mentioned that it was corrected already because they corrected it in this session in the raw content is already corrected. So it's not, uh, you know what, they're, what you're reading. When you read it, it makes sense. But there is a notation that they made a, an original mistake that was corrected. And so that correction was made as Ross suggested. They said, please correct these errors. And so they did. But originally in the transmissions, you would not hear complex, I believe. Or they do say complex. I forget which, which one is. Uh, so simple mistakes that happen. Uh, see, Ra is not infallible or the contact with Ra was not uh, infallible. And uh, you need to pay attention to these things. As well as exercise, of course, your own discernment. Uh, I've been talking about no final material, text, uh, teaching, way, whatever to... Uh, spiritual attainment, if there ever one was one. <laughs> uh, but let's not open that can of worms. So yeah, I must. I have to mention it. Don't uh, just use the, your discernment at all times, even when I'm talking, because I am. Uh, I am. I'm talking. You see, <laughs> talking just completely uh, derails the whole point of being. But all right, let's move on with more talking. Ra finishes and says, also, we ask that you keep a vigilant watch over these transmissions for any errors and question without fail, as it is our intention to provide as undistorted a series of sound vibration complexes as if, as is possible. Uh, it's funny. This entity, though far better clear for distortions of distortions towards the pain flares when prepared by those mental vibration complexes you call prayer is still liable to fluctuations due to its pre-incarnative body complex distortions and the energizing of them by those of negative polarity so a couple of things here uh, first Ra is saying please keep a watchful eye on all of this because errors may happen and we're trying to provide the best answers in words or sound vibration complexes. I love it. Just like I was saying, you know, see, you're gonna have problems. Even Rob with its huge vocabulary and knowledge, know that this is just, uh, it is distorted. They're trying to provide as undistorted as possible the information, but it'll still be distorted because it's going to be liable to interpretation. That's the biggest problem with words. 
they are liable to interpretation and what you interpret is going to be different than mine. That's fine. The problem is if we start bickering about it and we say, you said this and you meant that. No, I didn't. And I know you didn't. <laughs> so the best we can do is just talk about it. And because of this philosophical inquiry, which is helpful to a certain degree, we can arrive at, an, at our own individual um, knowing, which is not through words. It's not through concepts. It's just through... Um, discussing this and we can discuss it with ourselves or discuss it with others it doesn't matter the discussion is irrelevant is the fruit of the discussion that really matters and that fruit is something that it's inner it's not outside of you it's it's inward then they say of course that ra uh, i mean carla uh although she is cleared of a lot of distortions um, towards the pain flares that she was having uh, these pain flares can be of course exacerbated by negative entities which we have been talking about since they couldn't offer temptations and so on uh, if i can bother you verbally i'm trying to bother you I'll, I'll try to do it physically have we seen this in our human uh, interactions of course people like to go fist fights when they can't you know they can convince the other that they they are right so yeah we bring it to the physical they're doing the same thing basically but metaphysically all right we can cover more questions before we get into the full discussion of social of social of sexual energy transfer question 18 um don says thank you we will make the corrections in the last session, you made the statement that before veiling, sexual energy transfer was always possible. I would like to know what you meant by it was always possible and why it was not always possible after the veiling, just to clear up that point. So we're switching now into sexual energy transfer, but we're going to open the discussion and finish it in the next episode. Ross says, we believe that we grasp your query and will use the analogy in your culture of the battery which lights the flashlight bulb. Two working batteries placed in a series always offer the potential of the bulb's illumination. After the veiling, to continue this gross analogy, the two batteries being placed not in series would then offer no possible illumination of the bulb. Many mind-body-spirit complexes after the veiling have, through blockages, done the equivalent of reversing the battery. It's a very simple analogy. I like it. Um, okay, so what's the premise here? There is pre-veil conditions in which every sexual energy um, any any sexual intercourse would um, would provide a, a, an energy transfer, okay, heart to heart basically, because there was pure knowledge of the creator within, and so we acknowledge everybody as the creator. Love was no questions, no questions asked, uh, no questions asked, no doubts about it. Love was universally known. Now, after the veil, well, first of all, we can liken this to placing the batteries correctly. Whenever you put the batteries correctly, whenever there is a switch or a sexual intercourse, then there's going to be light. Transfer was done. The circuit is, um, is closed. So electricity flows through, there is a transfer. Very well. After the veil is equivalent to not knowing how to put the batteries. So you don't know. You may have a blockage, right? Like they say, uh, after the veiling through blockages done uh, the equivalent of reversing the battery. Um, why did I read that wrong? <laughs> uh, after the veiling, a lot of people have through blockages done the equivalent of, re of reversing the batteries. So yeah, after the veil, we have this possibility of putting the batteries wrong and then there's no illumination blockages very simple now Don is going to continue with this and say 
What was the primary source of the blockages that caused the battery reversal analogy? And Ra says, please query more specifically as the mind-body-spirits or mind-body-spirit complexes about which you requested information. Uh, to me, it's obviously talking about the, the blockages, right? Isn't that what the cause of the, the reversal analogy? So yeah, he's talking about third density post veil. So uh, Don says, before the veil, there was knowledge of the bulb lighting technique, shall we say. After the veil, some experiments created a bulb lighting, some resulted in no bulb lighting. Other than the fact that information was not available on methods of lighting the bulb, was there some root cause of the experiments that resulted in no bulb lighting? And Ross says, this is correct. And we're, we're going to finish with this question. Uh, where Don says, what was this root cause? Don uh, Ross says, the root cause of blockage is the lack of the ability to see the other self as the creator. Or to phrase this differently, the lack of love. So... What do we have? Um, we have a uh, very simple explanation as to why this happens. Lack of love. You're not able to see the other as the creator. Mainly because you're not able to see yourself as the creator. You see? And so, once again, the, the path is to know yourself as the creator so you can see the other one as well. If you see yourself as the creator, as the true creator, then there is no, there is no possibility for you to see the other as other than you. Did I say that right? Probably did a double negation. <laughs> if you see yourself as a creator, there is no way that you can see uh, people as separate from you they can be other than you they have to be you because you know fundamentally who you are and who you are is the essence of everything so it's not only other selves but animals uh, the soil the fruits that you eat and the uh, the sun that hits you and in, in the skin and so on all of this is just one one giant uh, universe itself experiencing itself <laughs> so yeah the root cause of this sexual blockage was the the lack of love the lack of being able to see the um the other as creator so that's it you know what i have we have time for another question so let's finish with the next one yeah let's I wanted to leave it here because then the next question is going to lead into another conversation, but why not? It's a kind of long question and we can get it out of the way and let's go for it. Don says in question 22, okay, in our particular illusion, the sexual potential, it seems for the male peaks somewhere prior to age 20 and the female some 10 years later. What is the cause of this difference in peaking sexual energy, I will say? Ross says, we must make clear distinction between the yellow ray third density chemical bodily complex and the body complex, which is a portion of the mind-body-spirit complex. The male, as you call this polarity, has an extremely active yellow ray desire at the space-time in its incarnation when its sperm is the most viable and full of the life-giving spermata. Thusly, the red ray seeks to reproduce most thickly at the time when this body is most able to fulfill the red ray requirements. So, um, taking a deeper dive into uh, sexual intercourse, this is just a very specific question about why is it that the sexual energy peaks in males at a certain age, age of 20 or so, as Don says it, and for females at 10 years later. So we're starting with the, the male, right? It seems very clear for what Ross says here that, first of all, they're making a distinction between, between the third density chemical bodily complex, this manifestation of the one body. The mind-body-spirit complex is, is not just this physical body, it's every single body as well, all united. So this manifest, manifested third density body 
is different than the the totality let's call it right uh, the body complex which is a portion of the mind body spirit complex you see it is a portion this physical body is a portion of the totality of the mind body spirit complex which again encompasses all bodies i didn't mean to sound redundant but i just wanted to repeat it again all right so the male as we call this polarity the expression of the mind body spirit complex as male uh, some people may feel uneasy with this but the truth is that the mind body spirit complex that you are has experienced itself in both male and female some people may not like that but that's the way it is you have been male and female in the past uh, you have explored all of this of course because guess what you are the one infinite creator and through the experience of this particular mind body spirit complex you have experienced both uh, genders um, and so with this in mind then we can say that of course the male has um, has a different expression now it seems that in the biology of the male this makes a lot of sense especially i'll add my own speculations here it makes a lot of sense that the male would have an earlier um, desire and motivation to reproduce because males tend to die faster in the past right uh, i don't know if that's the case still it seems to be but in the past it probably it was probably more pronounced to have uh, men die um, sooner than women so it seems that they they would want to contribute you know their their lineage or their contribution to the uh, survival of the species at an earlier stage so uh, that's my speculation and Ra simply affirms that there is uh, a more viable and full uh, full of life-giving spermata so the sperm is more fertile let's say uh, I don't think that's the case for everybody but uh, it seems majority of us males would have that at the earlier stages of our lives in our 20s I would say that's where basically you know this desire for sexual activity peaks um, so yeah now let's see what the female um, corresponds in this um, in this analysis Ross says the yellow ray chemical body complex of the female as you call this polarity must needs have a continued and increasing desire for the sexual intercourse for it can only conceive once in one 15 or 18 month period given that it carries the conceived body complex bears it and suckles it this is draining to the physical body of yellow ray to compensate for this desire for this the desire increases so that the yellow ray body is predisposed to continue in sexual congress thus fulfilling its red ray requirement to reproduce as thickly as possible oh i can see uh, some feminists radical feminists um bashing raw for this <laughs> just like some radical uh gay people bashing raw in session 33 or so calling him or them homophobic <laughs> um i appreciate those uh, those um those views because it just shows where we are lacking knowledge and full view of what we're talking about here so again this is the um, i don't know it's like saying why do men have stronger muscles than uh, women you know why is that the case well you know it seems that biologically it was needed you know for the men to have stronger muscles and so they did you know and uh, women have a stronger resilience, you know, to maybe the seas and other uh, emotional um, written disease, right? Because they're more capable of dealing with their emotions because of their biology too. So that's just how it is, you know. It's, you know, why do men have beard <laughs> and women don't? You know, well, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, uh, but I'm sure there's a reason. Uh, and so, you know, that's just a predisposition of what we have. And in this case, we're talking about the female having uh, an increasing desire. I'll throw my speculation here on them too. Um, but uh, Ra is talking about the 
bare minimum, which is, okay, women can only reproduce. Men can have 80 children, women cannot. In fact, uh, funny fact, my great-grandfather uh, on my mother's line, he had about 80-something children. He was a governor in, uh, in an island in Venezuela and, well, he was promiscuous. What can I say? He had 80-something children. Whereas no woman can actually do that. Not that I can believe. I mean, I, that's a lot of time. <laughs> you don't have that much fertility. So, you know, the man can do this, potentially. Uh, whereas the, the woman cannot, so it needs to extend this capacity of reproducing. Because the female also wants to uh, pass it, uh, its own traits, or her own traits. So, on a strictly biological perspective, there is this um, configuration of the male and the female. Ross says this is draining to the physical body complex because they need to carry the baby and uh, raise it and suckles it or uh, breastfeed them. All of this is very draining. And to compensate for this, for this um, lack of possibility, then they increase the fertility in which they are willing to do it. And again, this is just a, a biological sexual drive. It's not, uh, it's going to change, of course, from person to person. Now I'll throw in my speculation here. I feel that, um, and it's a, it's a known fact that women tend to become more sexual over time than at the beginning stages or teenagers and 20s even. Uh, they're more interested in other things, whereas you know men tend to be tend to be the majority, I would say, but not all, of course, tend to be more sexual, and you know they're teenagers and twenties and so on. Um, so this um, because of this, you can see that again, this this has to do more with society than anything biological, but I'll throw it in as well. Part of my speculation is that. If the drive, the sexual drive of the male decreases, and we're talking about the same age, right? So let's say women at 30, or even in their 40s, they, they, they're now starting, or they're beginning to feel more, there's this sexual energy. There is fewer men who are interested. And so they, um, they seem to, this is the proclivity that we see in our society, that there is more interest in uh, women. <laughs> Again, this is not exactly true because I think even in their 40s, men tend to be a lot more into sex than women, but um, there, there is a possibility there, you see, as the sex drive lowers in men and it increases in, in females. So we have biologically and socially, both of these things, both of these things, and so there is um, there is a, a need, you know, to to satisfy this in different portions of our lifetimes. But all right, the biological point is is very obvious. Let's see what else Ra has to say here. They'll finish this answer saying, "The more shall we say integral sexuality or polarity of the body complex." which is a portion of the mind-body-spirit complex, does not concern itself with these yellow ray manifestations, but rather follows the ways of the seeking of energy transfer and the furthering of aid and service to others or to the self. Beautiful way to finish this up. Uh, what does Ra mean here? Well, we have not just the physical desire, right? The more integral sexuality or polarity of the body complex, okay, the most, we were talking about simply reproduction. And this reproduction is, um, is something that is biological, okay, and it's driven by instinct and by libido and all of this. It's pretty primitive, it's very basic. Whereas the integral part of sexuality is let's call it spiritual i don't like to call it that but sacred sexuality or spiritual sexuality but it is true i mean there is there is a higher knowledge in which is not just the reproduction of course and i've talked about this and so um you don't have to be into tantra and all of this to 
enjoy sacred sacred sexuality but it is it has more to do with the the capacity of you seeing the other as someone who is um, who you're pleasing who you're giving pleasure and you're giving this uh, sacred moment even if they're not aware of it they don't need to be aware of it uh, at the level that you are but you you just want to give your love to them that's what they're talking about here the actual sexual energy transfer that is um, that is the seeking here that's why Ross says at the end um, I'll just reread it let, let me finish first <laughs> um, so okay we go from the animalistic um, basic reproduction desire to have sex to wanting to have sex for polarization even if we're unaware of the law of one all of this we just want to give more of this love, right? We engage in sexual intercourse because it's a way of giving, you see, that's a service to others. And through love, of course, not through acquiring something for me, my pleasure and my own thing is just, you know, to give you, to give you that. And possibly to ignite that, you know, love in you. That would be awesome. So that's the evolution of sexual intercourse. Now, they say, of course, the more integral sexuality or polarity of the body complex, which is a portion of the mind-body-spirit complex, I explained this already, does not concern itself with, its, with these yellow ray manifestations. See, with the, uh, the, the deep desire, oh, you know, I'm, I'm more sexual now, or I'm going to take advantage of this. No, it concerns with following uh, or seeking the energy transfer and the furthering of aid and service to others or to the self. You see, I think they're actually using both uh, polarities here because service to others or to the self. This can also be used in the negative polarity uh, as well. We've talked about this in the earlier sessions when we started talking about sexual energy transfer and is that the negative will use to manipulate and control the other self and it's just sort of this submission type of enslavement of the other uh, to produce a higher polarization. So sex can be used to polarize yourself negatively. If you have this inner passion to control and enslave the other for your pleasure and you know to uh, make them work for you, basically. That's a, it's a very simple one to understand. But that's it, that's all I got. And I have no no further comments here, although we can we can expand more on sexuality, but that's all I'm going to offer. Conclusions. So let's wrap it up with the negative um, negative disturbance. Because that was I think that was the main topic that I wanted to cover here. I think it is important for us to um, initially it's okay you know to start seeing others like oh this guy is is becoming very negative he's doing this he's doing that it's okay to see all of that in other people we, we talked about how uh, there is a tendency for the human to increase their ego and to become part of something big and uh, you know as a sort of I credit myself to be doing this and so forth Everything that we talked about in this episode uh, about the aggrandizing of the ego <clears throat> and creating a sort of power structure. And so it's fine, you know, that we were able to see this first in the outside. Okay, that's fine. That's easy. That's a very easy thing to do. But you know where I'm going. The hardest thing is to find it within yourself. And you need to find it. There are many subtle ways in which your ego is going to tell you, no, we're not, we're not. I don't like to manipulate, I don't like control, and I don't have these tendencies. Well, if you're getting that thought, um, why do you even have to think that? You see? <laughs> Investigate further. Now, don't make it a, you know, a sort of um, an objective that you need to find it. If it's not there, it's not there, then don't look for it. But the more you look inside, the more you're going to see little things that say, oh, these are the temptations. These are the, I can see this in my behavior, in my attitude. Um, 
I am the first one to admit that I have been able to see so many of my tendencies to want to control and to want to... Um, it's not something that I would say manifests strongly um, in, in my experience, but I, I can recognize them. I can see them in my path, how in my past, how I, I have been uh, seduced by these possibilities. And it's fascinating. You need to empower yourself by this dark, um, dark side of you. Otherwise, you're just negating something that may be there. Don't be afraid of looking at your dark spots and all your shadows. They need to be there for a reason. And uh, transmutation is the word that comes here into mind. You know, you need to become aware of them. That's what we do. We become aware of them, and we. Um, this is polarization. Polarization. Uh, Carla, in her book, Living the Law of One, said something very, very um, inspiring to me, which was that you don't enter the heart unless you, you admit and face all your fears and uh, traumas and uh, your dark sides, all those uh, disgusting things that you find in yourself, all those things that you... This is why the majority of people, if not everybody, has to go through this, uh, yeah, purification process, purifying yourself from all these negative thoughts about yourself and so on. So that is, to me, a very important point, and we need to we need to become aware of that. That is the negative influence that we have. Those temptations are there, just like Carla's um, weaknesses in the body were there for negative entities to um, to exacerbate them, to manipulate them. And so we have those mental weaknesses. They're there to be stimulated and we will get them stimulated. You will. That's just a fact because you won't polarize until you face all of this. So that's my advice today. Thank you so much as usual for following me to this point. We have one more part in session 87, and then we go to double digits, not double digits, double eights. <laughs> um, session 88 will be next. But we still have more to talk about uh, sexual intercourse and other details about this. So this was, like last time, a primer for this uh, conversation. And we'll continue. Until then, take good care of yourself, and I'll see you in the next one.